Well, hello there. I don't know about you, but I am super excited because today is Women's Day. Yes, welcome. Step on over. Make yourself at home. Welcome to Into the Garden Podcast. Oh yes, I'm your host, Salome Jacobs, and thank you for joining me once again on this our Women's Month Extravaganza. And of course, today we are celebrating women. This being our Women's Day, the 9th of August. Yes, women, you are epic. So come on over, make yourself at home in the company of Into the Garden, where their ethereal presence, the omnipotent presence, the omniscient presence captivates you, ignites you, invites you, welcomes you, surprises you, and acknowledges you. For indeed, this is the day, the awesome day that the lord has made and we as women we will rejoice and of course we will be glad in it isn't it yes women local and global it's a time you sit back you relax perhaps ponder perhaps for a moment just look up and thank god for whatever you are doing How about relaxing in our company with a decadent cup of tea, coffee, perhaps a hot chocolate, whatever you prefer. I've got mine, so go on, get yours. For into the garden is that sanctuary, that blissful place, that sombre place where the sound of crisp waters flow. Colourful bees humming, beautiful birds tweeting. You and I, walking, talking, listening, connecting, sharing. But wherever you are or wherever you find yourself today, from into the garden, a happy and joyous Women's Day. So join us once again for another edition on this Our Women's Day with guest Elder Gail Gardner from Orlando, Florida, USA. Women the Lord is good. He's full of surprises, isn't he? Oh yes. If God has done something for you, praise him. Rejoice and give thanks. And as there are many celebrations going around, yes, women acknowledging women, women healing women, women saluting women, women applauding women, yes, women, indeed, this is your time, you are epic
And as Ron Kinoli says, I'm challenged even right now, and I challenge if the Lord has blessed you, think about the Lord's goodness, right? Yes, His goodness, His grace. His mercies that is near to you and me every morning. So soul sister, prayer warrior, sassy soul, friend of God, grab a chair, phone a friend, invite him or her to join you. Because today is a message. For someone, a message that will help, a message that will say, I can, I can, and I will do this. I will seek the help that is meant for me. I will seek the help that is good for me. I will seek wise counsel that is indeed out there for me. that this edition of Enter the Garden will captivate you, it will elevate you, it will speak into your heart for brighter tomorrow, a change to come. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Women of God, you are special. You are loved. You are a friend of God. So welcome once again.
let your spirit rise into the presence of the Lord, and you will never change. No. Today, so full, insightful, delightful, as always. And what a significant time it is! What a significant season, isn't it? A time where epic women around you and me we come together, we seek His face, you say, to make things happen for you and me. So, you might think that you are not epic. But indeed you are, for you are a mother, a sister, a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, a housewife, a secretary. But you and I all have tasks and challenges that you and I, we both go through. But we are still epic. So my soul story for you today is, what shall I render? For here out into the garden, 
We are so privileged to hear from Elder Gail Gardner as she shares with you and me a bit later. Her journey, her story. Into the Garden will be highlighting women, their plight, their testimonies, their stories, from new angles coming to you and me. Remember yesterday on Super Soulful Sunday we heard Elder Angela Morris on her topic, Women with a Purpose, a Destiny and a Calling. And that's you and me, unique in each and every way. You are a daughter, a sweet sister, a lovely wife, adorable mother, a source of strength. You are, without a shadow of a doubt, a woman. Women, you are indeed beautiful and you are epic. Well up next is the soul story. What shall I render? There's a song hitting the airwaves and communities by storm. It touches the heartbeat of people irrespective of colour, gender, race or creed. Well, you know it due to the sound of the beat. What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for you, for me. So after a long stay awake, it got me thinking. Is there anything that I or you haven't fully surrendered yet? Not only is it catchy, rhythmic, but one can identify with the soulful meaning. For it goes on to say, when you heal, you heal completely. At times a wounded soul might take longer to break free, but when that happens, you can sense it, you can feel it, you say. She's out of that rut, out of that mundane, out of that come what may, out of that hellhole if you know what I mean, out of that delimited stress fray. She's out of that. Is that what really happened to me? I am free. But upon a day, something happened. For some reason or other, she's affected by something like any other. Can she handle it? Does this seem to be another setback? A cause for concern? Whatever it is, render it. Surrender it up above. Pour out your heart and tell your story to the one who will listen, who will care, who will release that all-consuming burden, but only if you dare, then walk away and trust God, for He does care. Are you giving up? Just rendering it to Jehovah, your waymaker, promise keeper, your miracle worker. your life experiencer so arise dear child shake it until you make it you can't live someone else's life but your own for there's a road there's a river that you or i must cross with many twists turns setbacks disappointments and challenges perhaps lookbacks but along the way have you forgotten delays as I journey, I made kindness, tenderness, unity, perseverance, love, heartache, foolish pride, pitfalls, you name it, there's a long list, 
but you got it. I learned the art of never giving up, you say, no matter how long, how wide, narrow, or how turbulent the stretch is. For though you walk in the valley, know that you are not alone. I am here for you. Soon you will reap the reward, pressed down, running over. Keep your eyes on me, not a man, you say. So I'm taking it, step by step, day by day, mile by mile, brick by brick. Yes, your soul might have taken a knock, but get back up into the saddle, and if not, then that's okay. Laugh like there's no tomorrow. Ask what shall I render to Jehovah, for he's done so very much for me. Then go within that empty space, that empty void, and ask God to fill that loss, that pain, that setback to the brim, so your oil lamp can burn, and from within. Ask him to enter as you open the door of your heart, to let the eternal flame burn and flood your soul. For some reason or other, life gives you and me the gift of choice, the gift of second chances, the gift of setback, the gift of waiting, which isn't easy but worthwhile, for in the end, you could end up from being in your prison to walking into the palace, if you, but only, begin. Because for all you know, you might have a rags to riches story to inspire others. So soul sister, prayer warrior, don't be too hard on yourself, but be and do the best you can when you can. It might seem as if nothing is happening, but God is up to something, maybe not now, but allow yourself to find you, for you might have gotten lost along the way. Perhaps it's not your time anyway, or God might have seen your struggle, seen your tears, seen your pain, but you're too proud to let go, isn't that so? So I ask myself and you, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid to do? To be shackled by a heavy burden, or searching and longing for a life of freedom? Whilst waiting, hold on in the midst of the storm. Change is coming. Just hold on. Don't despair, though it looks dreary. Just trust a friend. We call him Jesus, and you'll never be the same or in despair. Wake up, get up, dress up, look up, pray up, ask up, forgive up, wait up smile up, receive up and allow God to show up, to shine up when you remind yourself of what shall I render to my Jehovah up and so it is, so shall it be. And this was written the 19th of June 2019. Like a small boat on the ocean 
sending big waves into motion like how a single word can make a heart open i might only have one match but i can make an explosion and all those things i God a sheer determination to follow through. She's a woman on a mission, a mover and a shaker that she is, a lively, bubbly personality and a woman standing up for what she believes in with a lovely demeanor. She's as vibrant as can be and Into the Garden is delighted to have this mighty woman of God share her story with you and me today. 
so quickly dash off to the kitchen for a refreshing cup of tea for you and I are going to need it, you say, as we listen to this heartfelt story shared on Into the Garden on this woman you are epic today you say so quickly join me gather round invite a friend or two as you and I sit in the ethereal presence in that part of the garden you are my sanctuary to listen to elder Gail Gardner a true story a true happening that will touch your heart and mine. Up next is Elder Gail Gardner. I'm Elder Gail Gardner from Orlando, Florida, in the USA, and welcome to the Into the Garden podcast. I'm honored to be with you today to share my story. May I say that uh, the topic I'm going to speak on today is an ugly one, but it's necessary because of the times we live in. I was a victim of a horrific rape back in 1988. And before that, as a little child, I was a victim of childhood sexual abuse. I want to tell my story somewhat from both sides, but the most recent one has really been effortless victory for me. May I say to you, my audience, that if you cannot handle what I'm going to talk about, you may not want to listen to this. But if you do, you might learn some things. And instead of triggers that would upset you, you might be able to connect and relate and begin to advocate for yourself. May I say that um, I was young uh, when it started, my sexual uh, abuse as a child. Psychologically, it had a huge effect on my personality and how I viewed myself. I did not feel that I could talk about what happened to me and turn to unhealthy coping mechanisms, including drugs and alcohol. Eventually, I joined a church which provided the support and the community. I was seeking, and soon I started my education to become a minister. It was during this period of that my home was broken into and I was attacked and raped. I was a single parent, and my nine-year-old son and I were asleep in my bed when the perpetrator broke into the house. I wondered, why does this keep happening to me? I called the police and was taken to the hospital to get a sexual assault forensic exam, also known as a rape kit. It was very intrusive. It was archaic almost. I was an African-American woman who had been raped, which was not necessarily taken seriously at that time. 
I was taken to a bare hospital room that only had a tray of metal instruments in it. All my clothes were taken away and I was only given a sheet to wear. It was freezing cold. They'd left me in there by myself for so long, just waiting. It was horrible. When the nurse finally came in, she started the exam without saying a word to me. The experience was awful. It was like being raped all over again. I told some members of my church community what had happened, and it was not necessarily a very supportive response because who wants to talk about rape? And who wants to know somebody who raped? Who would tell anybody they were raped? It was big news. And it even got bigger as I go on. People I had trusted said some hurtful things, but they didn't know. And sometimes you'll hear people say things to you hurtful, and they don't know what they're saying, how it affects you if you are a survivor of rape or childhood sexual abuse. Uh, some might say, you know, get over it. Some might say, well, you must have wanted it, or did you know the person? Um, they treated me as though I had some sort of disease, but they didn't know, you know, and what are you going to do? And because we're on this today, this podcast, I want you to know and how to advocate for yourself. I knew I had talked to, to, I had to, talk to someone, um, but could not find any resources in my area back in 1988. At that time, there was no way to get help. There was no what we call a victim service um, provider. Um, to help me at the time, and I wanted to go to counseling, but a single parent couldn't afford it. I just had to push my way through in order to survive. I did get a couple of uh, counseling sessions, but even though $50 is not a lot today, it was a lot back then, especially if you were trying to take care of your child. Uh, My mother... And the rest of her family acted very supportive um, after the rape. I found that uh, by talking about my own experience, freed others to talk about abuse they had endured and led the family to have important and overdue conversations of which maybe you and your family might need or you know someone. People will say, what happened in this house stays in this house. I remember growing up with that. But the, by silencing survivors, in that way, you pass the trauma on to the next generation. Uh, for me, supporting and advocating for other survivors has been the most important aspect of my healing. Uh, going back into my life, I got my uh, GED, which is a general education diploma. And then I pursued an a, a undergraduate degree. And then I pursued a master's degree, not just one of which was English education, and but also in pastoral counseling. And pursuing this coming uh, January, my PhD in psychological counseling. Not only am I passionate about supporting survivors, but I am in a mission to educate parents, teachers, and anyone who works with children about the warning signs of child sexual abuse. People need to be informed. They need to know how to recognize sexual abuse and how to support someone who has gone through it. And not just sexual abuse for children, but sexual assault. There is a difference. Children uh, 
do not have uh, the capacity to consent. So therefore, it will always be abuse. And with that abuse might come some assault, which adults is considered not sexual abuse, but assault. When you say no, no means no. When you uh, fight back, uh, that means no. Regardless what it is, it means no. We need communities to be talking about this in churches, schools, and families. I often hear from people that there was no one there for me. After experiencing both supportive and unsupportive reactions to what happened to me, I know how much of a difference it can make when someone listens and believes you. When someone is sexually assaulted, um, there's a part of their life that's been taken away from them. That child life was interrupted for them being a child. It is actually a spiritual thing as well as a physical one or a psychological one. To heal from this, it needs to be recognized as a kind of loss, a kind of grieving. We need to show empathy and compassion for those who have suffered through this time. And we're looking forward to that happening. I want you to know that uh, back in 2019, if I can move us forward, I discovered that uh, I was a cold case still sitting on the shelves of the police department. In 1988, the rape happened, and from 1988 to 2016, I could not sleep in the dark. And I always felt that someone was looking over my shoulder. I always felt that he might be in the store where I was in the store. Uh, my son, who was nine years old at the time, is now 43 years old. And I can tell you that in both of us, there has been a mark. There was a mark on my cheek from a knife that was put to my face. But that's disappeared. But there's always a stain or a mark in our psychological um, uh, psyche that, that keeps us from moving forward um, or stunts our growth, or have us stuck. I heard of uh, psychologists call us in a state of stuckness. In other words, you're, it's been interrupted, this trauma has interrupted and made a breach between your life as it was and going forward into the life that was meant for you and that you are, may now occupy or someone else does. I am uh, very much uh, want to encourage others to check their uh, law enforcement and the rules and the laws very much when there comes to um, being able to describe or to tell if you've been sexually abused or sexually assaulted. I also want to encourage you to not to think that God has given up or there's no hope. In 2019, I was going into the police department to find out about my rape kit, not necessarily, but I wanted the report so I could uh, record memoirs for my grandchildren and great-grandchildren and some things I might have forgotten. You know, memory in those in trauma situations is not a linear memory. It will literally come in pieces depending on how bad the trauma was. So I went into the police department coming home from another event that I usually 
attend on the weekends. And I was told that they could not pull my records. It was so old, but they would get me a detective. And the detective came down. I found out he was the cold case detective. And he wanted to follow up on my case and got more information. But he didn't tell me more than that. And I kept saying, he said, do you mind if I look into this? And I said, okay. So um, we went about that for a while. And went about, uh, about the, a few months went past, not long. And he got back to me and told me he thinks he found a Mac. Come to find out, the attacker was already in prison serving two life sentences. Now, mind you, my uh, rape uh, it became, uh, was noted during 1988. They had dubbed the rapist the Malibu rapist. And the reason why, because of the communities that he frequented. Um, we know that he frequented my community and two others that were all populated by uh, African-American people. And he was an African-American man. For some reason or other, he would watch mostly women who were single or um, they had single and no one or single with children. Um, he would keep, he would watch their movements. Uh, going further, going further in the story, as months went by in almost two years, it, I did find out that he was in incarceration then for two life sentences. And so when my case was discovered, they were able to find a match to the DNA from my rape kit to other cases. Now, I was under understanding that my rape kit was never uh, uh, tested. I was told that it had been, but it still sat on the shelf. In other words, no one contacted me, told me uh, that we found and discovered the man who raped you. And my case coming forward now in 20, uh, 2021 has actually been an opening for uh, 19 other women. Uh, there were 26 of us who have been tied to this same rapist case. I know for a fact, and I always felt that God had an angel in that house with me to keep me from being killed or my son being killed. I knew that I was not alone, but you still have that what ifs or um, you, it's Uncertainty is an, is not our friend, it's an enemy. You're not certain of what went on or remember or all, but you also don't know what has happened to that case or who was there. I want to encourage my uh, women uh, regarding not only your own selves, but even your children, keeping an eye on them, making sure um, they are safe and protected. And you would believe that uh, there was a rape that was committed uh, on a six-year-old by the same person. But most cases, when it comes to childhood sexual abuse, has gone forth because uh, it was a family member or a good close friend of the family. It could have been someone who the child uh, frequents, like maybe if they're playing sports. You have to keep a close eye. And Make sure you give people the benefit of the doubt. Yes, 
but there are signs. And maybe another time I'll go over that with you. Meanwhile, they had discovered him, and we did a press conference, and I will be going uh, before him in a few weeks and being able to confront my attacker. Now, with that also came legislators and a team of people who helped uh, pass a law in my name called Gale's Law here in the state of Florida. And what has been decided, it was to use what's called a rape kit tracking system. Now, there are some in some other states in the U.S., and you might have one where you are. But that system will allow not only the law enforcement and the other uh, stakeholders to um, test and to uh, keep track of the rape kit, but also the victim, who is now I like to call the survivors, have the time now to get a barcode that they can track their own online. That is uh, monumental uh, in a time when uh, cases like these go unwanted, especially in certain communities uh, that uh, do not get the um, get the attention it needs. Uh, they just assume a lot of times that we don't care in my community, I'm African-American, or we want to keep things here. We don't talk much. We don't trust, and we, we do have issues with trusting law enforcement. But if I had not gone next door and called the police, there would not be a law named after me today. And that law says that you are entitled to have your kit tracked on your own, not only by the police, so that you can bring justice to yourself or your family or someone else you might know. Now, with that said, I want you to know that through those years, even after 1988, I went back to college. I was in and out of college trying to raise three children at the time. Um, and I've earned a bachelor's degree, earned a master's degree in English education, and then a master's degree in pastoral counseling. And in January, I'll be pursuing my PhD in psychological counseling. But this is what I want to tell you. The, your life does not have to stop. Not at all. And whatever happened, know that the ultimate uh, incarceration is in the pits of hell. Um, also, we'd like to know and to thank God for everyone being able to uh, to uh, have their, their sins forgiven and that there is a, uh, a heaven for them. But meanwhile, while we're on this earth, there are laws and there are things that even perpetrators and we ourselves have to live by. And while we're living and occupying until uh, Jesus returns, I, it, I would say that uh, my life has been successful. Um, not everything is what I would like it to be, but it is more than I ever thought, especially I am now 75 years old next year. And um, I'm planning my 75th birthday party. Oh, yeah, I know there's a COVID-19 spreading, but I am determined that I am going to only allow God to control my life and not sleep at sleepless nights and looking over my shoulder and peeping through the blinds. I get up from every sound 
and peep through the blinds to see if I'm if there's anybody outside. That was awful. But I am free now and you can be free and you can help someone else. So I want to thank you for listening to my story. Um my book, Woman to Woman, Gleaning Inspirational Insight from Our Biblical Mothers. You can find that on my um uh, my um, website. My website is www.stillthekingsdaughter.com. www.stillthekingsdaughter.com. And you can also uh, access a free uh, booklet that we have on that site. And if you would like to, you can see where our book is listed. Right now, we only have ebooks. But we're coming out with a new version that um, of that book. And we're hoping that um, we'll be able to share it with you soon. So I want you to uh, pray and ask God to, to begin to show you some things and, and allow healing. Healing is, uh, discourse is the beginning of healing. Healing is for everyone. It is the bread of the children. Yes. And we want to know, uh, am I ever going to heal from this? Oh, yes. And every day is a day of healing. Um, we all have something going on in our lives that we would like to have corrected, something that maybe a short, brief counseling session will take, uh, brief sessions, uh, or maybe something that might need to be done regarding your environment um, that's going to help you get through a season. But remember, the more you talk about it and you talk about it with people you trust or to some listening ear, even a counselor, you will be, find that you're able to deal with it a lot better. And I would uh, strongly encourage you to do that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there for me. We thank God for who you are. And this is definitely a great Women's Day. But in this Women's Day, there's some things that I know the Father wants us to deal with. And he is giving us a, um, a free will to make decisions on our own. And we know that he loves us. And he has not forgotten you, whether you told your story or whether you hadn't. He has not forgotten you. So have a blessed day, and we're looking forward to seeing you again. Amen.
come to him tired he does not say go away from me and get yourself together come back and then I can use you he says come away with me my 38 year old cousin 38 four small children the day is coming and you don't know the day or the hour Neither do I when we're going to have to stand before him and give an account for how we handled what he had entrusted to us. I'm asking you tonight, how are you handling your assignment? Because young women, if you think that you're young because of your age, listen to me. If you're 20, but you only have till 30, you're pretty old. If you're 50 and you're going to live until 100, then you're pretty young. Age is just a number, my friend, and you and I cannot qualify young or old based, birth, based on our, our birth date. It's based on our death date, and since we don't know when that day is, that I implore you, sisters, by the mercies of God, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which you have been called. Because listen, I don't know about y'all, but when I see him face to face, I'm looking for a well done. I'm looking for well done. When I see him, he will not ask me how many Instagram followers I had. He will not wonder whether or not folks liked my post. He will not be interested in whether or not my selfies were perfectly lit. He will ask me, did I know his son? And then I will give an account So the disciples, they come and they give an account to Jesus. I wondered if there was a recipe for effective ministry. Because if these guys were willing to come and look Jesus in his face and give an account, I figured there might be a recipe for us for effective ministry. I'm interested. Anybody interested? There are three ingredients to the recipe. Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says, he called them. He called them. And his calling superseded any personal ambition that they had. They laid down whatever they were going to do because they heard the call of God beckoning them to do something else. The beautiful thing about that entire picture is that all of the glory of God the Father, all of the glory of heaven was packaged in human flesh. Jesus wanted so much, God the Father wanted so much to make sure that he could speak and so that humanity could hear that he left his throne in glory 
put on flesh so that the disciples could hear his call. And in the same way, he has given us the Holy Spirit so that each and every one of us have the privilege to hear the calling of God on our lives. The conviction, the unction, the pressing, the fire that is shut up in your bones, sending you in a particular direction. Heed the call of God on your lives. Then they were not just called. I love so much that before he skips to the third uh, ingredient in the recipe, sending them. I love that before we get to the third one, there's that second one. He did not just call, but then he gave them power and authority. It means that what he was calling them to do, he was simultaneously equipping them with supernatural power to be able to pull it off. So it's good news for anybody in the room that you feel like you've got a dream that is way over your head. You've been called to do something you don't have the money for, you don't have the time for, you don't have the patience for, you don't have the gifting for, you don't have the talent for, you don't have the connections for. The good thing and the great thing about our God is that he does not call people who are already equipped. He calls you. And then for the people that say yes, he equips them with what they need for the calling. He entrusted them with power and authority. And can I tell you why this is important? This is important because in order to accomplish supernatural tasks, you have to have supernatural capacity. In other words, you can be the most talented person in the world, but if you go in your own strength and power, you still won't be able to accomplish the God calling on your life. It requires what it is that only God himself can give to you to accomplish the task. Ooh, the enemy hopes you will go in your own power. He hopes you will think you are flashy enough and savvy enough and talented enough and impressive enough so that you will no longer lean on God instead of leaning to your own understanding. But it is not by power and it is not by might, it is by the Spirit of God. And some trust in horses, other folks trust in chariots, but not us. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. So he called them and then he entrusted them, he gave them some treasure and then he sent them. He's the one who did the sending. Resist the urge to send yourself to do something that it is not yet time for. Because just as important as our calling is, that is equally as important as the timing is in which that calling is outworked in our lives. And if you go too soon, you might, if you, if you give birth too soon, to that which God is trying to produce through you, you might abort what it is that he's trying to accomplish in you. The spiritual backbone, the fortification that he was trying to establish in you so that you could handle the spotlight when it hits you. Because listen, that spotlight that you may be craving, if it hits you and you have no character, it will burn you to a crisp. So he called them. He entrusted them, he sent them out, and they returned to him and gave an account. They were tired. The disciples had been given it everything they had. And I know there are some of you in the room and you would admit that you haven't done it perfectly, but man, you've sure been purposeful. 
You've been intentional about this marriage. You've been giving it everything you've got. You've been intentional about that teenager. You've been giving that kid everything you've got. This toddler that has this specific bent or this specific issue that you've been doing everything you can, going to see every expert that you can, reading everything that you can to be the best that you can. As a mother, single mother, you've been giving it everything that you've got, working the jobs that you've got to work to keep food on the table. You've been giving that business, that ministry, that endeavor, everything that you have, and you, the disciples, are tired. The good news about Jesus is that when the disciples come to him tired, he does not say, go away from me and get yourself together. Come back and then I can use you. He says, come away with me. In other words, listen, the cure for your exhaustion is intimacy with Jesus. That's the cure, y'all. I'm saying, I agree. Take the holiday, take the vacation, tell them you need a little sabbatical. You gotta step back for just a little bit. You need a little margin in your life. Take the holiday, but don't take a holiday from Jesus. Don't take the sabbatical from your relationship with the Lord. Prayer shouldn't exit your schedule because these are your rest days. You still need to be the deer that pants after the water, your soul has still got to be replenished and can only be replenished when you have intimacy with Him. And you're trying to figure out, Lord, you told me that I was going to be replenished. You told me that I was going to be re refreshed. You told me that you had something that you wanted to give to me. Why would you take me here to this place where I'm being pressed down by a multitude of issues and concerns and frustrations? There's something overwhelming me that is bigger than what I feel like I have the capacity to handle. Why would you bring me here? This tells us that the story of the feeding of the 5,000 is not just about the 5,000. It's also about the disciples. It's not just about the multitude getting fed, it's about the disciples being fed physically, spiritually, emotionally. And it tells us that the five loaves and the two fish are the gift to the multitude. But it's the multitude that's the gift to the disciples. Because the multitude is what's going to make them have to finally open up their drawer, pull out the treasure that they would have otherwise ignored, place it in the hands of a multiplying master who's gonna show them what it looks like when he takes their little bit and makes it a lot. There is no replenishing like watching God multiply your loaves and fish. At TBN, our mission is to use every available means to reach as many individuals and families as possible with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for helping make the gospel of grace go around the world. Without you, we couldn't do it. God bless you. We holy
surrender to Him. Let His oil and His anointing begin to run and fall afresh on you. Let it flow from the top of your head. exhorts us from the Holy Scriptures. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the life which we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. Holy following Jesus in its essence is not just about singing. It's not just about lifting up holy hands. The Bible tells us it is having our minds renewed, which then results in transformation. And we are then to step out in faith to receive the new things. God is speaking to us. So today, let us embrace by faith, City Harvest Church, the new things God is giving to us. New opportunities, new thoughts, new ideas, new strategies, renewed marriages, new people getting saved, healing, deliverance, 
all these new things the Bible says, God says, I'm doing a new thing on the earth right now. So wherever you are, I want you to lift up holy hands. Lift up your eyes to the Lord and begin to worship once again. And say, Jesus, I wholly follow after you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Worship Him right now. Let's give God the 